0: Hi, welcome to the first episode of Let's Talk. I'm Heather Taylor Singh, the host of this podcast. Today, I'm joined by journalism student Julia Mastriani to talk about feminism, what it means to us, the difference between equity and equality, and how you can strive to be a more informed feminist.
1: I just remember being that young and, and thinking, that's something I have to fight for. If women can't do everything that men can do, we have to make sure they can. It was just like a a thing that I thought to myself.
0: We'll also be introducing a segment on the podcast called Starter Kit, where we share tips on introducing yourself to a topic. In this episode, our guest Julia will be discussing how to create your own feminist newsfeed. Keep an eye out for
1: the different issues in the news that directly affect women slash people in general, because
0: everything affects women. But first, let's get into my conversation with Julia about our thoughts on feminism in 2018. (laughs) i just found out what equity meant really i knew there was a difference but Mm. i didn't really realize i think equity is like the fairness yes and then equality is just like yeah people
1: always say that the whole equity equality thing and people never know like i don't know for the longest time i probably didn't even know what i was talking about either it's just a thing that you think you should be considerate of and because equality was always the thing for a long time like The whole thing, when I was like eight years old and I heard about feminism, the thing was that we want equality between the sexes. And that was like the way that it was described to me. So that word was like the buzzword. But then eventually, I don't know when. I think maybe when I saw that little that little graphic of the runners and the, yeah, or the like the, like the fence the- and they're all in the boxes. <laughs> Those ones, yeah. yeah. And then you start and then you start thinking about it, and then it changed from equality to equity. yeah. Because so
0: I had to look that up because I saw that like one time in high school and I didn't understand it. I looked at it yesterday and I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I understand what that means. So. It's just kind of like
1: understanding the backgrounds of the people and things that you're dealing with. Yeah, because. If you just look at everything blindly and just, it's like, there there's context for everything, you know? Yeah. And that, I remember um, in my woman and Human Rights course this past semester, we were talking about, because it, it was basically talking about um, how women and men gained rights, and how women gained rights, and how they would gain basic rights, like being able to vote. But then there was, I forget the words for them now, but anyway, it's like, You gain the right to vote, but what are the barriers that hold women back from voting? What are the barriers that hold other groups back from voting? Mm -hmm. As a very simple example, or other things, now everyone can get a job. Like there are no legislation, like there's no legislative thing in companies bylaws saying you can't hire a woman, for example. But that being said, there's still other barriers there that will keep women from being hired or that will get them out of the business because They have a baby, or they don't have a baby, or they came from a background where it was difficult for them to even ascend to that position or get that education. So those are all things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Discrimination. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was watching the news this morning, and they were just saying that like women in Saudi Arabia are getting the right to drive. I was like, I know that's so interesting because that's a basic thing Mm -hmm. for anyone to do here, and like the fact that women couldn't drive there, I know, is so. It's like, I don't want to say strange, but it's just like... Yeah, why? well, it's what you want to think about, I know. But I guess I want to get into, like, how did you get into feminism? Yeah,
1: Um. honestly, I don't think there was ever a point... I just remember being... I think I was eight years old, and so there was this book on... Feminist through history, but not feminists just like woman who changed the world through history. Yeah, and I don't know why I don't know where I found it. I, don't think, I think my mom just like had it lying around the house Yeah, and I read it even though it wasn't interesting Like it wasn't like written in an interesting way where like an eight-year-old would be engaged but I read about them and they were so cool and there was <laughs> I hate to bring it back to this guy. I don't know Maybe it helps having someone else in my class at that age who was so against so, against this <laughs> woman, like, just, he's eight years old, and yeah. already, he truly believed that women were not as smart, were not as strong, just, like, fundamental differences, yeah. he really believed that, and that, I guess, like, egged me on to, like, yeah. continue to engage in that, but I just remember being that young and, and thinking, that's something I have to fight for, because, not just because of the boys in my class who were being rude about it, but just in general, because I knew, I knew that I, after reading that book and then just in general that women face things like that. It was very basic to me at the time that like, if women can't do everything that men can do, we have to make sure they can. Yeah. It was just like a, a thing that I thought to myself. And from there, throughout the years, it became kind of a defining quality about me, which sounds <laughs> weird and I don't know how I feel about that, about like the things that, I don't know, I think I'm okay with that, the things that you you fight for becoming
0: a part, part of you. your, your yeah. identity.
1: Um, so as I got older, Everyone who knew me, knew me as the girl who, who believed in equal rights yeah. and mostly at the beginning it was feminism, but then it kind of evolved into other things and I think that's what it was for me, like what feminism was for me was it was the foot in the door, like it was the thing that got me to think about okay, if women don't have equal rights, who else doesn't? Like, What am I missing? Because when I thought about it that way, I was thinking about myself because as a woman that was something that I was facing. But then once you know about that, you think it can't just be us, it can't just be me. There must be lots of other things that people are facing that they're dealing with the same problem, the same discrimination. And that's how I got into all the other parts of it, all the other parts of social justice that also relate back to feminism. Because everything does, really. Which is weird to me because... We say feminism as like a, we kind of separate all the rights into separate things, but there's no way for them to exist without the other. And they're all the same thing. Every single issue is a feminist issue, which is weird to think about because you think that it should be like just related to this thing, but everything affects women. Everything affects people that identify as women. Like there are, there's nothing in the world that's like not touching half the population, you know? Yeah. So that's what it is. Like that's the whole, that's the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. I was just thinking about that. Like, I was going back to, like, the little boy in your class. Like, yeah. why do you... I mean, I don't know if you can really answer this, but, like, why do you think some people think like that, that, like, women are just, like, below I know. Men? I, and it's so interesting.
1: I, I think about young, young children <laughs> who pick up these... And nothing has made that more clear to me than those, like, videos of little kids in America who believe Trump is the best. Mm-hmm. And it's just... Like, I think babies are the purest things <laughs> in the world, but... The problem with that is they're like a clean slate and their parents and the people around them can influence them however they want. No one is born with hatred, but you are born with certain privileges and he was a white man, boy, he was like, eight years old, but whatever. And I guess those privileges got to him so quickly that he never thought about how it, how life could affect people different than him. Yeah. But to go so far as to really believe that like women don't deserve, I mean... How do you get there? I don't know how you get there. I still don't know to this day. Who knows? Is he still like a Meninist? <laughs> Is he supporting? I don't know. We'll never know. Oh <laughs> Is
0: that a term? Yeah. I really? I know.
1: I know. <laughs> um, Sadly, yeah. it's a term. Yeah. That's a lot.
0: But I want to talk about white feminism because yeah. you are a white woman. Yeah. How That's do yeah. You... We should make that clear because. <laughs> 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 how do you think the way that you view things kind of?
1: Is mm-hmm. affected it's affected by yeah. your race. It's 100% influenced by it every day because even from the beginning when, when I got into feminism, for a long time, all I could think about was women just in general. Like, all women face the same things, which is true Like to a degree. All women face the same issue of discrimination because of their gender. Mm-hmm. But what I failed to see because it, it wasn't what I... It's like that whole thing about when a man looks into the mirror, he sees a person... When a woman looks into... When a white woman looks into the mirror, she sees a woman. And then when a black woman looks into the mirror, she sees it. Like, all these qualifiers that you don't like. When I see myself in the mirror, I was never taught to think about myself as a white woman. And it wasn't something that I got from my surroundings, from my classmates, from my teachers, from my parents. Mm -hmm. Because it's just... It's not something that white people are taught. We're never... I mean, hopefully that changes. But from what I know and from what my friends who were white when I was young were taught, we were never... Told, take into consideration that you like look at your skin color you're white and that affords you certain privileges and just because you are able to do this doesn't mean that your friends who aren't white can and these are like the limitations that are put upon other people that don't look like you because I, I guess people don't want to I don't know I just think I think parents are I think white parents are scared to make that something that kids have to think about all the time but they should because it really influences your whole life and Mm -hmm. the the parents like non-white parents don't get to have that privilege of saying oh I'm not going to tell my kids about their race like like literally tell your kids as if that's something like that that's something that had to happen to me like someone had to tell me about my race no one Mm -hmm. else people who aren't white don't have to be told about their race because they know it affects them every day yeah and like I'm speaking from nothing I don't know I'm speaking from like what I think because I have never had to deal with that ever in my life yeah so yeah with with white feminism it's so pervasive and people talk about it as if it was the original but we know that the roots of feminism did not start with white women and the only reason why white women got involved was because they had their privileges taken away from them and that's it not because other people were suffering because like in Canada the the whatever they call called, famous five, the Nellie McClung, whatever. Oh, yeah. Like, huge racists. Because to them, if something influences me, then it matters, but everyone else I don't care about. So women who aren't white, I don't care about their rights because it's just me and the people who look like me that matter, and that's what happens with white feminism. Even the fact that that's a race, like, we're supposed to be proud of them because, oh, like, suffragette movement, they fought for our right to vote, but they did not fight for everyone's right to vote. They did not, they were violently against people of color being able to vote. They. Someone said, I oh know this is Susan B. Anthony in America, but still, same thing, because she was another, like, leader of the suffragette movement who was also racist, and said things like, like, I would rather, oh man, I, I don't know the quote, and I'm not going to misquote her for no reason, because it was a very racist thing she said, but... Yeah anyway that that's what th- those are the roots of white feminism they're not positive roots like these are not good things <laughs> you we cannot look back on that and say we're proud of that because there's nothing yeah. to be proud about because they just picked it wasn't a, a movement of i believe in human rights It's i don't get some things so i want it for myself and that's it and i'm not going to consider everyone else you can <laughs> go on I, there's so much to say about that but. No,
0: but how did you get so informed i didn't even know about the famous five women
1: Um, That's a good question. And I don't know where I picked. I think, like, as a kid, I really liked reading. Mm -hmm. And a lot of my information came from that. Or reading, like, even, I liked reading fiction mostly, but I'd read other books too. But even Mm -hmm. in reading fiction books, you'll read things and not know about them and want to know more. Mm -hmm. So if you read books about injustice or discrimination and you don't know about it, you're going to go looking for more. And that's what I did as a kid. And then as I got older, that translated into being on the internet and looking up things there. I'm just like another person who wants to know about it and is like struggling along like everyone else. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I I don't even think of myself as someone who knows a lot about it because I know so so little and I, I don't think you're ever gonna know everything. And yeah. I mean, there's it's not like you're supposed to feel like you're doing a bad job just because you don't know everything, but yeah. you have to try and that's what I try to do. And I don't think I did it enough. I got to a certain point where I knew quite a bit as in, I felt like I had covered my bases. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay, like good. I can kind of move forward and not feel like I can't speak on it because I, I know a little bit. But still, that's not enough. Yeah. And I remember all we, I, I would, even now, like in the past couple weeks, I would see these things on my Twitter timeline or like when I'm looking up something for something else and I see something there and it's something I, I never would have thought about before. And that's what happens because I am in such a place of privilege there's so many things that I wouldn't have thought about if it if I was weren't exposed to it through the internet yeah. or through people other people that I know who talk about it and, yeah. and do have to deal with those things every day. So that's I guess that's what happens if you don't at least try to expose yourself to the other identities of people. You're always just gonna be stuck with like what you know because it's what like you experience. Yeah, 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 exactly. But I don't know. I don't know how you how you will ever know if you're like finished. Like, if yeah. I'm, i mastered feminism, like that yeah. never happens. Like, yeah.
0: I, I don't definitely know. <laughs> think it's just a process. Yeah. Like I there's so many things that I don't know about that I should read about. I think mm-hmm. books are always a good place mm-hmm. to start. Because the internet's a big place. Yes. Books are always so <laughs> yes. Are there like branches of feminism that interest you? Um I
1: I've never, I mean, I remember in my first sociology class in university, they talked about like the different ways like waves of looking at feminism like there's marxist feminism and then there's radical feminism and all those different pieces i remember reading all of them and being like oh wow that makes sense to me and this part of this one makes sense to me so i think it's interesting to learn about all the different ways that people approach feminism Mm -hmm. the one that's most interesting to me or like most important to me um is any type of feminism that this is so stupid, but like that's inclusive of, of everyone, and also that. that
0: makes
1: sense. I. Th- I think radical feminism is amazing, and I think to a degree, it's difficult to get anywhere without the like you have to be radical. I'm not radical about anything. I've never done anything radical in my life.
0: How many? How like, radical
1: like, feminism? Like radical feminism, as in like, but and by that I mean not the actual definition of it, but okay. I mean like the p- people in the world who are not. What's it called? They're, they don't get themselves involved in respectability politics. You know that whole term about people. So based like, <laughs> so me, I don't know. So yeah, respectability politics is is when people like you have to kind of act a certain way to be able to move up. For example, if you are um, a woman of color, yeah, you're gonna people are gonna think of you a certain way. So if they, they're gonna think that you're gonna get angry really quickly okay, in the workplace, yes. so you have to kind of like hold yourself in to be able yeah. to uh, get to the place you want to to be able to let's okay. say relate to feminism to be able to accomplish something related to yeah, a, a right. feminist achievement and I see that and I don't have to worry about that as much because I don't have to worry about people thinking of me as angry or thinking of me as well, hysterical as much and all those sorts of things are not something that I would have to deal with but I, I read things from other other women other feminists other Activists, and I I mean that in the most radical sense, as in they actually devote their lives towards physically, actively making a difference. And they have not all of them, many of them have given up the thought of trying to navigate the like the parameters that society has set up for us. So I remember learning in Queer Media, for example, about how so in the gay rights movement. It's winning fine, yeah woo let's mention that <laughs> oh my god. Um, but in, in the gay rights movement like being able to uh, what's the word for, anyway when they were able to get married so when everyone was able to get legal, oh my god the, uh, the word lost. okay legalization oh my gosh yes legalization of marriage was like a really great thing however and this is how uh, my instructor Andrew Houston best prof ever just want to give a shout out <laughs> She explained it because in some yeah. LGBTQ activist communities, the idea of fighting for the right to get married is in itself flawed for the gay community because that structure is flawed, like the, the structure of marriage. So the institution yeah. of marriage is flawed and heteronormative in itself. Yeah. So there are some that say that's not something we should be worrying about. We should create new structures of relationships that are not within the institution of marriage. Yeah that started off as a very heteronormative and still is a very heteronormative institution so that's what I think about whenever I think about feminism because we can do our best to navigate all these different structures that have been put up by the patriarchy and try to put ourselves in there kind of like stealthily make our way in without actually disrupting the institution itself but to a certain degree we can't like there will never be a point in our in the future of the world, I think maybe not. Where if we could keep all these structures that were put up by the patriarchy, by white supremacist societies, we will never get out of that. We will yeah. never be able to actually accomplish. I don't even know what that looks like, but to accomplish actual full equality where everyone, I don't know, I, that that's a huge thought. Yeah. I don't I don't know, if, and it's horrified to think that we will never get there because yeah maybe in thousands of years every single person who deserves to which is every person has all the rights that they should have access to all the rights that white men have access to yeah but that's not happening right now and i don't know how successful we'll be if we continue to keep those structures but i personally i uphold those structures every day I attend a university that just recently put out a tweet that supports Rob Ford I really yeah like I I attend university and university in itself is a white supremacist institution like those are all things that I do in my daily life and I do it because I think that's the only way to I well I I believe it's the easiest way let's say to navigate the world because how do you accomplish things if you don't go through the structure that everyone sets out for you which is finish high school get a degree get a job and do all those things and have a family and those are all things that are set out for you and i don't know how to get around it and i think about doing it sometimes but i don't anyway that's why i think i'm not (laughs) i'm not qualified to speak on feminism because i don't do anything for feminism other than like educate myself on it you know like i yeah which i don't know like what does it mean to do something for feminism yeah i don't know but i do much less than the people out there who are really changing things
0: you know yeah that's the perfect segue into my next Okay. Follow, which is, like, the Women's March. How do you feel? Mm. Like, are they good? Are they bad? Is it bad? <laughs> I feel like... I don't know. I've never been to any of the ones in Toronto. Yeah. Have you been? Yeah, okay. so
1: I went to the one in Toronto, and, like, the Women's March was not a, a protest because... And this is directly related to white feminism. Directly. Because the reason why the Women's March was able to get that popular was because it was a popular sentiment, which is... Yes. Let's the most basic was that women should be able to not be discriminated against, which like generally most people in the world agree with that. So it was really easy to kind of garner that support for that, that topic. And people didn't want to get too radical with it, you know? So people left it at the, at the surface of, of, you know, pushing the boundaries and some people went into it and did, and they, and they really wanted to fight for things further than just like Trump sucks. But for a lot of people, that's what it was.
0: It was the Trump sucks. Yeah.
1: And okay. and that's, and I, it's cool. I think, it, I think it was cool that so many people got together. Like, there were so, like, the, the amount of people who got on all these marches across the, the world, world yeah. basically. I mean, that's huge. But then you have to think, why could everyone mobilize for that, for that cause, the, the most white feminist of uh, feminist causes, and not for anything else? Yeah. Like, why is it? not like it's not radical anymore to say women deserve rights so that's why it's easy for men in higher positions for politicians to support that to say oh we're so happy that the Women's march happened and not say oh my god a protest the way that they do about black lives matter protests you know so it's really easy for people to support that now but there are a lot of other movements that maybe in 2000 years the way that it took for this movement to get accepted it will be accepted but nothing else is accepted like that right now and like the little pink hats, <laughs> the you know. So, we have to consider who we're accepting and who we're excluding in our definition of a women's march because that's what happened when people thought let's make the pussy the symbol of the women's march. Did yeah. you enjoy
0: it? Like, were you there? Just it was to fun. Say I was. It? I was
1: there with a couple of my friends. Okay. Um. And yeah, it was. It was. It was fun because it was nice to know. there's no environment where you really think to yourself, everyone here believes that, like, I should have rights, for example. It's actually very easy for me to say that. Never mind. As a white woman, I can generally be in a circle of people and say, they believe that I should have rights. But other people don't have that privilege. But in that circle, it was not just, like, they believe it. It was, like, they actively want it for everyone. Like, everyone here wants wants change, maybe. I don't know if everyone wants change. Some people just wanted to be there. I mean, I thought about this afterwards because I did this. We all went there. We took our photos and we posted yeah. them on Instagram. Yes. And then what happened? Nothing. Personally, nothing happened. I didn't do anything past that. I, t- Honestly. And what did everyone else do? We mobilized to say, let's make a change. But what changed? And then what did we do after that? And this is what happens... well, it doesn't happen. It happened only this time because otherwise, for any other protests, the people who showed up for that, including myself, wouldn't have showed up for it otherwise. Like, later on, because this was all, this was really to Trump mostly, but also to things happening in Canada, but mostly people were thinking of it as a retaliation against Trump. And then after that, he made that the ban of the seven uh, Muslim-majority countries. And there was the march against Islamophobia. That was something else that happened later on. And I went to that... As well, and that was a smaller, much smaller gathering. The police presence, that's another thing I noticed too. Sorry, oh, I'm no, just no, going no, on everything.
0: Keep going, it's fine. Police
1: were super excited at Women's March, like yeah.
0: smiling,
1: happy, having a good time. And then Can I, I went to the Islamophobia March. So there, police were not cheering and laughing, they weren't like joining in. They put up certain boundaries because they where they went, they went to the U.S. consulate. I'm trying to remember. I think that's where it was. I'm going to look that up. Anyway, yeah, so the U.S. consulate, and they put up a barrier. They had the police making sure that everyone kind of stayed where they had to. And it, it wasn't as much, and this makes sense, it wasn't as much of a celebration because there wasn't nothing, anything to celebrate. Yeah. Whereas with the Women's March, as much as it was like a protest-ish It was also like a celebration of hey look at us this big group of people who support women and identify as women and and love women and and want women to be successful and happy in their lives everyone kind of agreed so it seemed kind of joyous and maybe that was just like the the aura of it for me but it seemed like no, no one was there and devastated because what Trump was doing would affect white women which is why they came out because all the things that he wants to take away from women, access to um, reproductive health care, Planned Parenthood, all that stuff, it does affect white women. But also, further than that, everything that Trump wants to do affects women of color and people of color and trans people and so many other marginalized groups much more than it affects white women. But To many people coming out they were thinking at the base level that i was thinking at at eight years old was that white woman like that's the that's the thing like they weren't thinking to themselves in their head i'm here to support white women but that's what it was because they didn't want to think a little more radical than like the basic thing that everyone agrees which is that white women at least deserve rights you know
0: yeah i feel like at the women's march it was yeah you're saying it was a celebration i don't want to say it's trendy that doesn't, yeah, doesn't. No, I guess. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, I so yes. I feel like yes. yeah, cuz like I'm sure there were tons of like I have a t-shirt that says the future is female. Yeah. Like I'm totally guilty of this. Like, were there lots of t-shirts like that? Yes, like, it
1: becomes very feminism kind
0: of marketable.
1: The the basic idea of feminism yeah. has become a trend. It's become a brand. Mm-hmm. People can associate it with their Companies and they can do sales on International Women's Day because these are things that generally as a society they know is not risky anymore. And this is how you know when something has become accepted, when businesses support it. Because businesses are only in it for the money, and we also acknowledge this. There is no morality behind a business's choice to support a movement. Pride branding, they don't actually genuinely in their hearts think, I'm just doing this to support all the gays. They're doing this because... They can get money off of it. This is me judging as if I do any better and I don't do any better, you know? Yeah. But are I... Are observing? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, that's, that's what most people and the people I'm thinking of, all of them are white women, the people I'm thinking of. And it's very easy for them to show support for women's rights and that's it. And they don't have to worry about it because they're not going to be affected by it. It's possible to care about more than one thing, which yeah. is like, you know that line in Ladybird? When she's talking to Kyle and Kyle says, like, hey, he's talking about he's like, You do you know how many bombs oh, the US Trump. dropped? Like, yes, oh, yes, 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 yes. And and she goes, You can be sad about different things or something like that. Oh, it's and not I, all war Oh oh yeah, there we go. Yeah. And that's that's what I, that's what I think about all the time because I think people try to do that whole like you can only care about this thing, which is, like, not true. You can be sad that this thing's happening and then also be sad that this thing's happening, and you can, like,
0: care about... The full thing
1: of intersectional feminism is that you care about multiple things.
0: With a lot of social justice issues, if whatever you're... Like, whatever it is, like, doesn't affect you, you don't pay as much attention to it, or you don't care as much, mm-hmm. which is interesting, because... I don't know, like... I mean, I feel like it's nice to say, like, why don't you care about it if it doesn't affect you, but I feel like if it doesn't affect you... It's not like there's no reason to care, but yeah, there's no. Yeah, I guess I kind of just feel like there's no reason, like you or you can't do anything about it. Yes, um, I think that's a sentiment most of the time. I don't. Some
1: people are just willingly ignorant, but some people are just thinking, I, I want to care, yeah. But what do I do? And that has never been more clear to me than right now with what's happening um, in the U.S. with the, the children. Yeah. So oh. I mean. Oh. As a functioning human being, if you care about anything in the world, you care about the fact that children are yeah. locked up and separated from their parents. It has to get under everyone's skin, and it has. And in thinking about that, it made me realize just how much we don't, we say that we care about something and then leave it at that. Yeah. Because, I don't know, there are probably things that we can do in Canada. There are, yeah. actually. There's some I remember there was this article recently that was great, that was talking about that and those are things that we could do yeah but we don't and it's because ultimately for many people but not everyone but many people as in the more privileged groups in canada this really doesn't affect them at all and it won't it's no one that they know it's no one that they could possibly know it's not people from countries that they recognize that they feel a kinship with so to them it's sad and horrible and of course you don't agree with it but I think we have to get past collectively as a society now this idea of of course we don't agree with it and leaving it at that. Because that's what we do all the time. Mm-hmm. And then this small little group of people is left to fix things every time. And they do. They do an amazing job because they care and they like actually want to be activists and they are activists and they do great things and they accomplish things. But we're not going like, to at a certain point you need more people than just that group. And we have passed the point of just the small group caring about these people because as we've seen everyone cares about little children locked up in cages yeah. except for possibly fox news anchors so what are we gonna do i, I don't know. understand
0: i don't understand like why like is there a benefit to this that's yeah. my question to a lot of things like I know. why like why is this happening why don't we care why can't i do anything yeah i think that's like the like the base of a lot of like why i don't do a lot, it's just because like I don't think that I'm gonna make an impact, or mm-hmm. and but I don't know if it's necessarily like you need to make an impact. I think as long as you're right. like satisfying yourself and you feel like you're doing all that you can, mm-hmm. I think that should be enough. You don't have to like save a whole community yes by like your actions, but I think if you're just like taking a step in the right direction, mm-hmm. you're like it's a process, like you're getting there.
1: And that's something that also, I mean, the
0: reason why I'm able to even say I'm not doing anything
1: or I'm not doing enough is because I don't have, like, anything else in my immediate life where, because I am in a huge place of privilege where there are so many things in my life that I don't have to worry about. That's not my responsibility. Like, I, I basically live the same way that I lived 10 years ago as a small child because I am able, like, my parents are supporting me, and I go to school. I live a pretty regular life. I don't have much many other things in my life that are concerning me so I'm able to think to myself okay if my life's all like settled or whatever okay what else can I do and this is something that I'm worried about because I feel like I'm not doing enough but that's not fair to me to put that on everyone that everyone has to be thinking to themselves I'm not doing enough because I'm not actively protesting or I'm not donating money or I'm not all these different things that require a certain amount of time and money that not everyone has you know? So anyway, yeah. I think about that too because I say that all the time that I'm not doing enough. And perhaps some people when I see that around them, they're thinking to themselves, Should I feel that same onus as well? And of course they shouldn't, because I can say that from my place of privilege, but not everyone can. Yeah. And not and everyone shouldn't either. It's like an expectation for myself and not for everyone else. Because people and no one really knows what other people are doing in their lives. Yeah. You know? Okay. Whenever I discuss feminism, I think that like it'll be super easy to explain, yeah. and then I go into it, and I don't even know where to go with it. Whenever I discuss not even feminism social justice in general, yeah, because I think, and this is because of the people that I'm surrounded by, but yeah. everyone agrees um, that things are wrong in the world, and that certain people are discriminated against, and oppressed, mm-hmm. and that there are marginalized groups. And I'm not speaking about literally everyone I know, but, like, my yeah. nice circle of people who are educated in a certain way yeah. n- know these things. Yeah. So sometimes I feel like I'm having discussions and we're just, like, going back and forth and agreeing like, yeah, with each I other. Think, yeah. Which is cool. Like, it's nice to have that. However... But it's
0: nice to be challenged and, like...
1: Well, I'm not doing anything by doing that. And you don't have to have a discussion just to do something. Like, you can... It's I, I actually enjoy having conversations with people where we just, like, discuss different angles of the same topic because we're on the same side, so to speak. Yeah. That was air quotes. I know we're not on video. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but I don't know because where do we go from there? What, what else do I do?
0: I think that's a good question. What do you do? You have these discussions, but you just have them and you don't act on them.
1: Yeah. There was another merch that I went to. It was where... Oh man, okay. I'm going to look it up later cuz someone made this they had people up, you know, they always do people doing speeches oh, yes. um in the middle of it. So this one person went up and actually but a bunch of people went up and they were all amazing and they said these great speeches and it, one of the speeches someone said something about Trudeau mm-hmm. and everyone and their precious Trudeau. You say anything against him? And all hell breaks loose. But she was making excellent points about what he is and isn't
0: doing. Man. I'm like a big fan of True, but I can't that. even explain why. I just like him, <laughs> which just sounds so I think that's dumb. the
1: Obama thing, too, where people just liked him and just didn't... Yeah. N- it wasn't related to his politics at all. It was just, yeah. like, as a person. This is, yeah. Yeah,
0: that's really interesting mm-hmm. now that I'm thinking about it. Because, like, this, like, most recent election, I'm so confused. Like, how did these people vote in yeah. Doug Ford? I don't, I, mean, know.
1: I don't understand
0: Anyways, but, yeah, I, like, this was the first time that I actually, like, looked into the parties, and I was like, okay. This is what the NDP stands for. This is what the liberals are for. I'm, like, really uninformed on a lot of things. I tend to, like, vocalize that, oh, I'm like, I like this, or I'm an, <laughs> but, like, I don't actually know. I know, like, one or two things about these things. Anyways, that's a side point. Yeah, it but honestly, so that bad. election
1: just showed us that people, like, the far right or right or whatever you want to call it, they love to believe and love to say that they're under attack from leftist people, like, genuinely under attack, but as this election has shown us, the amount of the population that is still very conservative, way more, like majority and more. Like it's not, they are not in any way physically, emotionally, psychologically, a minority. There is nothing about the right that makes them a minority. And they, it's the classic thing where because other people are getting rights, they feel like they're getting taken away from them. And that's, the whole thing. That's all it is. That's every time someone says that to you, to me, and I hear this from many people who I know who are a little more on the right, they really believe that things are being taken away from them as if the fact that a person who didn't have the same rights as you now might have those rights is a threat to them. And this is like the white man syndrome of now, th- and I've they really believe like some white men really believe that they're gonna have trouble getting a job like trouble getting a job as if people now hate white men as if you are actually a target and I don't I'm not I'm never gonna understand it because well I am because the reason why they believe that is Because they never read anything or tried to educate themselves. They just heard what they heard from one far right news source or Fox News or whatever it is, and they ran with it yeah. because they felt I am threatened. And I, I, for a while, I tried to think: Can I sympathize? Can I try to understand? But I can't because you just don't care if that's how you're going to feel about things. You just don't care about other people, and maybe that's a really targeted thing for me to say. And maybe there are reasons, but. The reasons can never compare to what actual minority groups are physically, tangibly dealing with today in 2018. Yeah. So, how you can have that point of view, I don't know. But they're thinking the same thing about me. How can she have that point of view? How can she believe that? Like, and I, it's like that whole bubble. The bubble, whatever it's called, the social media bubble, where you only follow people who believe what you believe, so you think that everyone thinks the same way and they don't. Yeah. That's a true. I bubble. I only follow people who I very rarely see an opinion on my timeline that is something I disagree with, unless it's a quote from an article or another person from like the news who is on the other side. You know, so what does that do for me? I don't know. But do I have to read stuff that is like openly hate? about me and people like me and people not like me I don't think so
0: I can understand I feel like just as an open minded person I can understand that people don't believe the same yeah. things as me even though
1: it's it's just it's not the same you can't make those two things equal the fact that people on the right feel like they're going to be upset if they read about a person a minority group getting rights it's not the same as a person on the left yeah. getting upset because a person on the other side is telling them that they don't deserve to live or like they don't, like,
0: it's not, there's no, there's no comparison. I'm pretty happy with this conversation. Thank you for chatting. Okay. Yeah.
1: Thanks. This that was, was fun. fun. I hope no, I, hope I said something educational or no, important definitely or, or at least something interesting or at least something that makes you hate me. So you can message me and we can have a conversation. Oh, so yeah, if you very heard more. something that you hate slash don't understand slash are questioning I would love to chat oh
0: yeah where can people find you
1: yes Twitter and Instagram are both J U Julia J Mastro so J-U-L-I-A J-M-A-S-T-R-O and I'm always on Twitter like literally always so
0: <laughs> shoot me a DM because <laughs> I'll be there <laughs> Welcome to Starter Kit, a segment on Let's Talk where we share tips for growing your knowledge on a topic. As I mentioned before, our guest Julia will be discussing how to create your own feminist newsfeed for when you're learning about feminism but you want to align your online presence with your interests. So here's Julia on how to create your own feminist newsfeed.
1: Hey, I'm Julia and I'm going to share how to get started on structuring your feminist education slash newsfeed. And disclaimer, I am still structuring mine. I'm trying at exactly the same pace that you are. Okay, to start, look for stories, articles, and pieces that caught your attention and made you think, and you can follow the authors, which is something that I love because usually when I read an article and it's something that's really interesting to me and I find the author on Twitter or whatever, they have other interesting thoughts to share. So that's a great way to just not even things that like, are issues that you care about, but not just people that you are interested in hearing from. Um, and then another one is if there's some writer or activist or spokesperson you trust and love, you can look up for who they trust and love and see if you enjoy their content too, because generally if someone's trustworthy, they probably have trustworthy friends. Um, You can also diversify your newsfeed in more ways than one, so look for diverse voices, obviously, but also voices from diverse jobs and industries to avoid getting stuck within the same circle of contacts, retweets, and reposts. So for example, if you're following mostly journalists, as I am, uh, think about also following artists, activists, creators for different content. Um, As well, keep an eye out for the different issues in the news that directly affect women, slash people in general, because everything affects women um ask yourself why women are disproportionately affected and what other forms of oppression are at play um and the last one understand that the people you follow aren't your educators so if you don't understand something try googling first
0: yay thank you for listening to the first episode of the let's talk podcast a huge thank you to Julia for being on the podcast and being our first guest. You can follow her on Instagram and Twitter at Julia J. Mastro. You can also follow us on Instagram at Floor Magazine or visit our website, floormagazine.com. We'll see you next month with a second episode of Let's Talk.